Hey everybody, it's Doug. And this is Renee. And welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Life. Welcome back, everybody. We are in full effect. As they used to say back in the day, we are Rex in effect. (laughs) Well, we are here back to continue. You can't just give me the... (laughs) <laughs> oh my bad <laughs> let's keep this let's keep this show moving <laughs> let's keep this train moving rex in effect yeah okay okay people don't know what that is I, google I'm, or no no google i'm married to just him and sometimes up. i don't know what he's talking about either therein lies some conflict yeah which, you, which is what we're talking about yes so uh you Do wanna you start? understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Sometimes I don't. Oh, uh, yeah, me neither. Sometimes <laughs> I don't understand them See? either. So if you don't understand you, how could you expect me to understand you? Because you're my wife. You're supposed to understand me. Mm. You're supposed to know. Mm. Okay. Is that the expectation these days? Yep. When you get married to somebody, they should just, you know what I mean. Yep. You've been married to me long enough. You should know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Or you should know what I'm thinking. Yes. Ooh. You should know what I'm thinking. Yes. Yes. You should know what that facial expression means. Yes. Mm, Yes. No. (laughs) Yes. No. We're going to spend the whole podcast going back and forth. No. Yes. (laughs) No. Okay. So anyway. (laughs) We can really do this for a whole podcast. We can. And that's the thing about conflict, though. And that was not pre-scripted, pre-planned. It was not pre-planned, pre-scripted, or anything. But by us doing that, I can imagine how couples... Keep going. Keep going. Yes. No. (laughs) Um, Having to have the last word. Yes. Or having to have it your way. Yes. And I say no, no, to make up for his two yes, yeses. But then we go on and on and on. And it's a vicious cycle. Uh Uh-huh. And then nobody ever resolves anything. And if it goes on long enough, you'll ultimately forget what you actually was arguing about or what the the issue was. That is so true. It's like you don't even know what the original reason why you were saying no for, (laughs) but you are stuck on having it your way. So you're just going to keep going on and dragging it out and... You've ever done this? This is a rhetorical question for somebody out there listening. And then you and your spouse spouse don't even remember what the original conflict was. Resolve the conflict at hand. Mm -hmm. Don't add more to it. We have a habit of piling more stuff on and adding more to it. And then before you know it, you're arguing about something totally different. Your conflict is over something totally different. Because you then dragged in the cat, the dog, the fish, the bird, everything in the house now is a part of the conflict that wasn't originally a part of the conflict. And now you don't even remember why you said no. And that could be one of the reasons why it seems like you and your spouse keep going through or coming around the same mountain or walking around the same wall. Because you all keep adding additional things into the conversation. She'll be coming around and melting when she goes. Yeah, sorry. I, I wish you that. all could have saw. <laughs> 
I felt that. I just felt that song. Oh just my goodness! Down in I wish you Sorry. all could have saw saw the look on my wife's face, the facial expression, and she had a little dance going. Yes. And then, and then, <laughs> see, you finally said yes. No. Yeah, yes. You finally said yes. I'm right. Oh Lord! I'm right. I just wanted you to say I'm right. So another question: Would you rather be right or happy? Because sometimes, just sometimes, you cannot be both. Yeah. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. You get one or the other. Yes. And I want my cake. So I, I, I'm at the point in my life now where I'd rather be happy. Yes. I, I agree. I, but there's a still, okay, we're, we're in the flesh. We are, we are flesh, flesh and blood. So there are times where, you know, you have to be mindful that, Hey, this this thing has gone on too long. Or I should not have said that. Or I won't say this. Right. You, you know, I won't go there. So you got to be mindful of that because the flesh not, still wants what the flesh wants. Not just mindful, but you have to be mature enough That's to say scene. that it's not about me or I don't want to just get my way and I don't want to just be right, but I'm unhappy. Mm-hmm. That's immature. You're walking around... Saying, yes, I got my way, or no, I got my way, or whatever the case may be, whatever the situation is, whatever your yes is, whatever your no is, you're going to keep standing firm and um, having problems in your marriage. We're about to have conflict on this podcast if he says yes (laughs) one more time. Y'all about to hear some scuffling. We're going to upload it, too. Y'all going to hear some scuffling in here. Um, I'm not a violent person, though, but... um, What? Um, anywho, what? no, I am not a violent person. Oh, shucky, ducky. Oh, sucky, sucky oh. now. Anyway, I don't know where this Okay, I don't know where this came from. from. <laughs> but in any event, um, just to kind of go back to the original uh, frame of thought, you don't want to drag something on long enough uh, where you don't even remember what the original issue was because then you can't come to a resolution because that's what these podcasts are about. We've been talking about uh, cures and causes. We don't want to keep harping on the causes because we want to give you guys some cures. We want to give you guys some keys to uh, resolving conflict because mm-hmm. conflict is inevitable. We talked about this last week. You're going to have conflict. Two different people, two different ways of thinking, two different ways of doing things. You're going against the grain. You're going to have conflict. But you got to have conflict resolution because if not, you're going to be unhappy. And I don't think, I don't, I'm, I'm just going back through my, my school, schooling days, if I've ever even seen a course on conflict resolution. Hmm. That's interesting. And you know what? It's funny you would say that because as I'm in going through my academia now. Academia, y'all. I am in my mathematics class, which a lot of people don't care for. And I'm one of those people. But one of the things that I've learned and I'm learning as an adult taking math is that math is about problem solving, teaching you how to think so even if you don't feel like you have an analytical mind, which most people who don't like math feel that way, math is not just numbers. It helps with uh, resolving problems. And a lot of 
times in school, they didn't teach you that. But there aren't classes specifically designed for conflict resolution or how to resolve different problems. So I agree with you. I kind of digressed. <laughs> um, <laughs> my bad. I was like, math. I'm sitting over here, math, problems, <laughs> conflict. I'm like, where, where, where are we going with this? Yes. So you should have came to the pre-production meeting. Oh, wow. I, I missed it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. So moving right along from <laughs> mathematics and problem resolution and conflict resolution classes, let's talk about some cures. Okay. I want to start with a scripture. Let us, therefore, follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. That's in Romans 14 and 19 in the King James Version of the Bible. You want to, one, follow after things that make for peace. If you find that you're following your way around the house and doing things your way and there's no peace in your house, you're probably not following after things of peace. And um, you want to edify one another. If you're not getting to the point where you're edifying your spouse, you're encouraging your spouse, you're uplifting your spouse, you're tearing, the opposite of that would be you're tearing your spouse down and you're not you know, building them up, you're tearing them down. I just said the same thing twice. Um, but you want to make sure that time. you are, yes, you want to make, no, you want to <laughs> make sure, <laughs> stop it. You want to make sure that you are following after peace. That is so important. And I want you to take a moment when you, after you listen to this podcast to examine your house to do a, uh, a thermostat check, if you will, and see what the temperature is in the house. Is there a temperature of peace or is there a temperature of turmoil? And if it's turmoil, are you contributing to it? Because Ooh. the first part of resolving a problem is, one, identifying there is a problem. Mm -hmm. You can't cure something unless you know that there's a problem. So in order to come up with a cure, first identify what the issue is and where you um, fit in that issue or yeah. what is it I'm trying to say? Don't know. Or are you the cause of it? Uh, where you, you can be the cause, yeah. Yeah, what... what are you uh, the cause of the cure? Or are you contributing yeah. to the cause yeah. or the problem? And what contributions are you making to bring about peace in your house? What contributions are you making to uh, have better communication and the first thing I want to mention is you got to be considerate of one another. Stop thinking about yourself. We talk about this. I want you to go back if you didn't listen to it or if you didn't remember or don't remember. Uh, the first uh, part we did, we talked about selfishness and uh, pride being a cause. And if you are not considering your spouse's feelings, considering your spouse in decisions, that's going to cause conflict. So be considerate is one of the cures that I want to give you to consider. Be considerate. And, and from, from the male perspective, sometimes being considerate uh, may fall in line, in alignment with being vulnerable. Um, mm. Sometimes if you're, you know, being considerate of your wife, you, you're being vulnerable in some aspects and 
to be quite honest, that's probably what your wife needs more than anything right now is for you to be vulnerable and not, you know, Mr. I got it all. I'm in control. That's not what she needs right now. Right. And I want to chime in. Um, I want to give this scripture to the wives out there for women who desire to be married. A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as constant dripping on a rainy day. That's Proverbs 2715 in the New Living Translation. Nobody wants a quarrelsome wife or what some men equate to nagging. No. Um, that is probably one of the biggest pet peeves of most men. Someone who nags or you want to quarrel. You want to just, you just, you want to nitpick. You want to argue. And some people just like that. That's their personality. That, that's their personality. They, they, they get joy out of quarreling, but that's not healthy for your relationship. And so, again, the Bible is clear in Proverbs that a quarrelsome wife is annoying. So you gave that for future wives? Future wives and wives, people who are married already. And for those, that's a tip for those who want to be married. Uh, I only reason I, I brought that up um, for the single women is because I'm, I'm going to confess. There are certain television shows I like to watch. Not going to name them. Not going to name the networks. But there are certain shows I like to watch. And, well, they may become a sponsor for us one day. Or we may wind up doing counseling for some of these people that I watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, what was I about to say? Oh, the, the nagging part. So for, for single women, before you even get married, you nagging about the wedding day. And I understand the wedding day is important. I understand that. But the wedding day cannot be more important than the marriage. You spend more effort and time, you know, getting the wedding day right than you do investing into your marriage. And so when it comes to quarreling, nagging, so on and so forth, I'm going to help you out. Get you a, what you call those people? A wedding planner. Wedding planner. Mm-hmm. Get you a wedding planner. Event coordinator. Event coordinator. Mm-hmm. I'm just, just pay for it. Let them, let them do it. That's what they're there for. <laughs> just thought I'd help you out. Yes. So the next thing we want to talk about is cultivate. Ooh. You want to cultivate a healthy communication in your home. You want to cultivate a good loving atmosphere. So again, you don't want to be quarrelsome. You don't want to be nagging. Uh, That's for the wife, for the men. My husband said, be vulnerable. Don't go into your cave. Um, That's not a good way to cultivate your, your relationship, your communication. Cultivating requires digging. If you've ever dealt with any type of landscaping or maybe you have a yard or maybe you have a landscaping business or you know someone um, or you've seen your a house being built and they had to cultivate the land. They had to dig up all the hard places. They had to use a tool that they had to scrape up and dig up the dirt and get out the weeds. Cultivating isn't always a pretty process Mm -hmm. or a comfortable process, but it's a necessary process. And you want to make that soil fertile 
to receive what you're putting down, whether it be flowers or you're putting a foundation for a house. Same is true in your marriage. You want to cultivate a healthy communication, a healthy relationship where you two can come together and talk openly, honestly, respectfully, uh, listen, as well as speak uh, clear and concise as possible in a way that your spouse is receptive to it. And you want to set up an atmosphere that's conducive to you both receiving what one another has. So that means you might have to set up an atmosphere where the kids are not in the house when you're having that conversation or where you guys have to leave the house or you wait till the kids go to bed and you close the bedroom door and you have a conversation. Uh, you might have to schedule a meeting. Sometimes everybody are like two ships in the night in the house and one is coming and one is going and mm-hmm. you might have to set up an appointment to meet with your spouse. That's okay too. But cultivate an environment and an atmosphere that's conducive to resolving conflict. When you said cultivate, a couple of things came to me. And again, you didn't you wasn't at the pre-production meeting. So um you're when you cultivate the land, like our yard out front, the dirt is already there. All you're doing is breaking up what's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there may be instances where you may go buy some dirt or buy soil or buy, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Obviously, we're not farmers. Um, fertilizer. Fertilizer. Yeah. There, there you may go buy those things. But for the most part, when you cultivate something, what you have is already there, the majority of it. And so we've said this countless times. There is a new wife and the current wife. There's a new husband and the, your current husband. But you're going to have to cultivate and with your words, um, being considerate, connecting and break up the hard ground. And mm-hmm. one of the best ways to cultivate land, I learned this when we had our first house um, so long ago, was water, rain. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes the rain. You know, most people don't, but farmers love it until it gets, you know, to the flooding. But water helps break up soil. And we don't want, we don't like the rainy seasons in our life because we want, you know, hey, I want sunshine. I want it to be 70 degrees and, you know, so on and so forth. But there is a purpose for the rain that's coming and it helps cultivate the land. It helps break it up. Now, you have to do your part. The water will only do, you know, so much, but you have to go out there and do your part. So just like in marriage, you still have to do your part. The Holy Spirit will help you, but you still have to do your part. So I thought that was interesting. And I said my piece. So, yes. And when you were saying that, (laughs) I was thinking about the, um, the whole, the water is symbolic for the Holy Spirit. And so it's important to recognize if you are a believer, if you are a Christian and you're quarrelsome or you have walls up, that's not operating in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit, the water of the Holy Spirit to cleanse your marriage, to cleanse your heart so that you can communicate with your spouse in a loving and effective manner. Uh, one of the other things I want to mention is camaraderie. Camaraderie. Build a camaraderie. Have mutual respect. One of the things we always 
um, I think for years, Douglas and I have kind of stuck to this. And it's something that we teach people who are desiring to get married. Don't hit below the belt. Oh, yeah. Have mutual respect for one another. Yeah. Have some things where we are not going to say, say to one another in the moments of conflict. Because you can't take those words back. You cannot. You cannot. And, and I've tried. There's been times where I was going to say, or I said things to you, and I saw the words come out my mouth. And you couldn't catch them. They I were tried, already out there. I tried all the Holy Spirit of God in me to catch it. I yeah. couldn't catch it. You couldn't catch couldn't it. Catch nope. It. You can't catch it. And Just got to deal with the ramifications and repercussions. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so you got to make sure that you have a camaraderie of mutual respect. We are not going to talk about anybody's mama. We're not going to talk about this. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to bring something back up that happened so many years ago. Respect each other in your conversation, that's how you help to build a camaraderie. And if I, if you tell your spouse something in confidence, do not bring that back up. Like something that may have been a traumatic experience or something along those lines. It's like, well, you know, that's why, da, 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 because of that. No, no, you're wrong. You are wrong. And you need to go back and apologize. Your spouse told you something um, in confidence and you, you're going to turn around and use it against them? Use it against them, yeah. No, you're wrong. Sir, you are wrong. Go and apologize to your wife. And you, if possible, you need to apologize to her in, the very, in front of the same people who you embarrassed her in front of. Mm. That would be my suggestion. And maybe, maybe y'all were alone. Still apologize. Yeah, still apologize. Her. Yeah, because you were wrong. She told you something in confidence, and you're going to turn around and use it against her. No. You are wrong. You're supposed to cover See, your wife. He said no. Mm-hmm. Told y'all. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, but you're supposed also, to cover your wife. Also, when they're having um, that conversation and you bring something back up, on the flip side of that, I think you have to set an atmosphere where you can say to your spouse, because they may not realize that they did it. And you should have open and honest communication where you could say, you know what? I told you about my childhood in confidence. I just wanted to open up to you and you bringing that back up to me or telling me that's why I am this way today was very hurtful and Mm -hmm. not helpful. Mm -hmm. And I would appreciate that you, if you did not do that, because then your spouse is aware that he or she does that because sometimes we do things unaware. That's just our personality until you actually bring it to our attention. I'm guilty of that. Yes. Um, so it's important to communicate to your spouse if they've offended you. That's how you build a camaraderie and you say, hey, I would appreciate you don't say that anymore. When I told you that, you know, that was because I just wanted to, you know, clear the air or you know, just share with you some of my experiences in life, but don't use it against me because that could be damaging to future communication mm-hmm. uh, that may put up a wall that you don't want there. Okay. Um, and then the, the last 
C, I'm going to give you for cures, is counseling. Yes. Sometimes you get to a point in your marital relationship where you need a mediator. You're going to keep saying yes, and you're going to keep saying no. Yes. And nobody's giving, nobody's budging. So it's important that you have a third party. party Mm -hmm. Independent third party. Independent third party, preferably a Christian. This is a Christian podcast, so we're going to tell you that's, that's our belief. And you go and you talk to somebody, and preferably somebody you don't know. Um, and then you go to them and share your concerns, and they're going to help you talk through those things so that you can come to a resolution. Counseling is not a bad thing. Counseling is a good thing. And you may feel... As though, oh, we don't really need counseling. We don't. We resolve our conflicts, okay. But at the same time, just like a car sometimes needs a tune-up or an oil change just to keep it running smoothly, or an alignment, uh, or an alignment, mm-hmm. whatever it is for the car, then maybe your marriage may just need a tune-up. You're like, oh, you know, it might be good just to talk to somebody because lately we've had a few discussions that more frequently than we used to just be aware and conscious, if you will, of what's going on in your marriage, what's going on in your spouse, and see if counseling might be a good thing for you, a mediator, someone to talk to, maybe not about a specific problem, uh, but just in general. And it could be that one, one or both of you are changing. Because sometimes you we. We become accustomed to our spouse. We know what they like, don't like, so on and so forth. And we, you know, we get into this routine of marriage. But then when somebody starts changing, and again, we all change. But when somebody starts changing and the other person doesn't recognize it or make the adjustment, then it's like, oh, you changed because you used to, you know, eat white bread. Now you eat wheat bread or now you don't eat bread at all. You know, now, now, now you're a vegan. You know, I'm just throwing things out there. Yeah, because so, my husband probably never thought he would not eat white bread and he would eat wheat bread. Yes. So, as we... <laughs> Y'all notice he's the only one laughing at his own jokes. That's what I do. Mm. So, as, no. as you change, um, that could just be something that, you know, we changed. I changed, and so Renee's not accustomed to me doing whatever it was I... I started doing now because I changed. So, and sometimes I don't even realize or sometimes just wake up like, oh, I'm tired of doing that. I want to do this. And so if you don't recognize your spouse changing the seasons of change, then that could be um, conflict also. And believe it or not, your spouse, if they truly are the one that God sent, they're there to help you change for the better, even though it may not feel comfortable they are a part of that process. God is using them to help make you a better person. As crazy as it may sound and as, as uncomfortable as it may feel, they are um, there for a purpose and for a reason, even in the midst of the conflict. So one of the things, and we, we really don't go over the podcast prior to doing the podcast, but the scripture, the scripture, one of the scriptures the Lord gave me 
was Hebrews 12, 14, and 15, which is make every effort to live in peace. This is the NIV version. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So the scripture the Lord gave me was about peace. Renee started out with a scripture about peace and we didn't go over this. Like, you know, I joke about it, but she didn't show up to the pre-production meeting. So there was, there is no pre-production <laughs> meeting. I wish he would stop saying that. And yes, because again, we about to have some conflict up in so, here. We we didn't know, you know, the Lord wants us to share with you all peace. That I think that's you want peace in your house and you're just going to have to make the decision to have peace. That means you're going to have to be peaceful. Because if you're not peaceful, then how can you expect to have peace in your house? Yeah. As pastors, I've heard many pastors say this before. I can't give you something I don't have. And if you're not peaceful or full of peace, I can't extend peace to you. Exactly. Oh, I see you. And I that's see one you, of the fruit of the Spirit. I see you. And um, in First Peter 3 and 7, English Standard Version, this is a scripture I love to tell husbands and, you know, and all of the coaching that I've done. Um, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Mm. How can you live with somebody in an understanding way if you don't understand them? And how will you not going to understand them if you don't talk to them? And just communicating. We keep coming back to communication, communicating properly will solve a whole bunch of problems yes and i i know we're talking about cure one of the cures for conflict resolution is communication properly Mm -hmm. proper communication yeah i think a lot of people spend so much time energy and effort trying to be understood that they miss the opportunity to understand Mm -hmm. we want our spouse to agree with us and to understand what we're talking about instead of us trying to understand their point of view. Yeah. And that causes conflict. So, so stop trying to be understood and learn to understand. Ooh, that's deep right there. So cash app <laughs> to Alison, Doug and Renee love offering. Thank you very much. So last week um, we talked a couple of scriptures um, I talked about the kingdom of heaven suffer violence, and that's in Matthew 11 and 12. And I also talked about, you know, certain things only come by by prayer and fasting. That's also in Matthew 17 and 21 for your reference. And so I want to say something. My wife has no idea what I'm about to say, <clears throat> as most times she does it. But I had conflict with my wife early, late last week, and you didn't know it. You didn't know it. You, this is live. I'm telling you right now. Okay. And it's because, again, there's certain TV shows I like to watch. And I'm not going to name the networks because we may ultimately do something, partner with them at some point. But there are, I was watching 
some TV shows. And I, and I was getting mad at the people on the show. And so when I, when I came to bed, I was kind of frustrated at you. You had, you had no idea. This, this didn't have anything to do with you. But I was mad at you or frustrated with you. And then the Holy Spirit checked me like, why are you frustrated at your wife? Because something you're watching on TV. And then it hit me. How many people let outside influences create conflict in their marriage? Mm. Things that have nothing to do with between you and your husband. Maybe it's something going on in your family, with your mother, your sister, your brother, whoever. Something outside of your house. And somebody may tell you something or confide in you. Or maybe, maybe you were like me. You saw something on TV like, man, I can't believe he did that. I can't believe she did that. And now you're mad at your spouse. And they have no clue. And chances are, I usually go to sleep way before he does. I'm probably sleep, yeah, minding my business. You were. You were. <laughs> no clue what's going on. Yeah. But you know what? When you were saying that, and this might be a good place to put a pause and let this marinate and share some thoughts next week with them about being careful what influences how you act and react what you put in your eye gates, what you put in your ear gates, go into your heart gate, and it comes out of your mouth gate. What we watch and what we hear, that stuff goes into our heart. It becomes a part of us, and then we start speaking it out. And we have to be mindful of that because that is not who God wants us to be unless we're allowing the word to go in our eyes, our ears, in our heart and come out of our mouth. If we're allowing negativity to go in our eyes, in our ears, and in our heart, that's what's going to come out of our mouth. And the person closest to us, they are going to be the unlucky recipient of those words Mm -hmm. that went in our eyes, our ears, our heart came out of our mouth. And it's a good thing I was asleep. Because <laughs> I'm not a violent person, but I do not like to be awakened. No, she does not. Um, so yes. it's a good thing I was asleep. So I know what we're talking about next week. We are talking about next week. But I did have a scripture when you were talking about that, but I wanted to chime in okay. about the eye gates, ear gates. Heart gate. Heart gate. Mouth, mouth gate. gate. Proverbs 15. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. This is in the New Living Translation of the Bible. Proverbs 15. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Just be mindful. Sometimes it's not what you say, but how you say it. So make sure you're gentle in your answers and make sure that you are not stirring up strife or anger, as the King James Version would say. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us. We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened, and blessed you. You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also, feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. 
We'd like to thank our supporters. And if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you and God bless you. We're out.